You're listening to Dr. Tony Nader, the podcast, dedicated to exploring the full potential of human physiology and mind with focus on ancient and modern techniques of self-development. Spend some time with Dr. Nader, who is leading the way in the science of consciousness and begin your journey to better understanding the relationship of mind and body, consciousness and physiology right now. In this episode, Dr. Nader answers questions from students at the Loyola University Chicago Stritch School of Medicine on the physician wellness and the role of meditation in caring for the healthcare provider. Greetings to everyone. We are with Loyola University Stritch Medical School. It's a joy to be with you. Just to let you know, I'm ready and we can start as soon as you like. We're very excited to have Dr. Nader speak to our class today. This means a lot to us as the faculty of this course and to the students at Loyola Stritch School of Medicine. Given that we have an hour slated for this lecture, we're going to jump into the first question with Brian Muir. Uh, my name is Brian Muir. I'm a first year medical student at Loyola Stritch School of Medicine, and I've been meditating for about five months. Something my TM teacher has emphasized is that the effects of TM are cumulative in nature. This is an exciting and motivating idea to me, and it makes sense that experienced practitioners can get into a higher state of consciousness more readily. Another aspect I like about TM is the idea that it should not involve any effort or straining and that it should be easy. I'm wondering how you square these two ideas. In other words, how is TM an easy and effortless activity while at the same time a practice that offers a richer and more rewarding experience for more seasoned practitioners? <laughs> Good to see you. Wonderful question. And your question, I think the root of the question comes from the fact that achievements usually require activity and dynamism, which is true, of course. We want to be active. Uh, our plans uh, have to be fulfilled through action. So there is action that leads to achievement, achievement that leads to fulfillment. And that is one aspect of your question. Now, when we think of action, we see the body acting, the physiology acting, the muscles, the vocal cords speaking, that's part of action and communication. But we forget that actually uh, there is something deeper in the process of acting, which is our thinking. Because what motivates our action is a set of activities that are internal in the nervous system, be it conscious or subconscious, or conscious and voluntary on the surface. But ultimately, all of these come into a thought, and the thought process leads the action of what our thoughts have given us. Now, our thoughts can be on a surface level, and shaken by different kinds of situations and circumstances and fears. And therefore, they might be prejudiced. They might be uh, confused by stress, even not just a local stress or uh, meaning f the stress of today's local situation, uh, you know, s in time and space, but stress that has been there accumulating through the years leading us to prejudice, to fears, to things that are underlying and they influence our mental state and our judgment. So they become like filters in our awareness 
that make us see things through certain colored glasses. So if you have a yellow glass, you will see things yellow. If you have a red glass, you see things red. And in extension with this, your decision-making and ability to move forward and make the best plans for the best action, for greatest fulfillment through greatest achievement, it requires, as possible, clarity of thinking. Clarity of thinking and therefore not a mind that is having filters that are not allowing you, allowing us to see things in their proper dimension. And also our consciousness, as we discussed in the previous discussion, gets narrowed down by stress and strain because of the fight and flight response requiring specific ways to act and to behave uh, to protect ourselves from danger doesn't allow us to have an open mind, an open possibility of thinking. So that's what we call narrowness of consciousness. Therefore, we don't see all the variables that are involved and that are influencing the process of thinking, acting, achieving, and getting fulfilled. So what we need is to use all the potential that we have. If we say the brain is like millions of processors that don't work together well, then they might create chaos. If some of them work together, then they can analyze things and lead to action that is very effective and leads to great fulfillment. And what transcendental meditation does is enhance that value by opening up the reserves of the brain and the connectedness between different parts of the brain. That's why we presented the research about high brainwave coherence in the alpha-1 range that shows that all the parts of the brain are actually starting to talk together and therefore they are coordinating their action. Now, this is in a way a theoretical answer, but the reality on the scientific evidence-based response also shows that people's choices are better, behavior is better, there is greater fulfillment and greater achievement in life, and this is how this happens. Now, how it happens is not through effort on the outside, but actually going back to the self and going back to the inner value, which is our true inner self, which is the fullness of who we are. So when we have stress on our physiology, when we have strain, when we have fears, when we have prejudice, it's really not who we are completely. It is what we are, but confused, filtered, influenced by all these things that have accumulated on our nervous system throughout the years and all times and, you know, recent times or whatever. And what TM does is by going back to the self and diving deep, which means restful situation, very depressed, it allows the mind and the body to rest, and therefore the stresses are, as you have experienced, naturally eliminated, and there is an inner stability, an inner strength, an inner quality of self-confidence. We are anchored in the self, and there we have, therefore, a broader perspective. So we are expanding the container of knowledge. So. There is knowledge, which is important. 
but there is the container of knowledge. And if the container of knowledge is narrow and small, then you can only put that much in that container. And transcendental meditation goes beyond these values of individual considerations of stress, because as you experience, we transcend, which go beyond all these aspects and establish in ourselves that infinite state of pure silence in which we anchor our life and then we act in a dynamic way, but being very quiet and restful and holistic with broad perspective, broad comprehension, field independence, yet ability to focus and the health and strength that also supports that on the physical level are contributors to this. So the one thing we, we, we remind ourselves in this consideration is when you want to have the arrow hit the target, you, you pull it back on the bow, you're going away from your target, but this is to gain momentum to hit the target with great strength. In the same way, when you want to build a building that is strong and powerful and high, you start by digging deep and going into the ground, which means going back towards the roots, the, the, the value that supports the outer expression. So these two values that you bring beautifully, and it's a very, very important question, are not contradictory. Enlightenment, and going back to the self and establishing that on a permanent basis, which means not only during TM, during the practice 20 minutes morning and evening, but also during activity, this state remains with us in a stable way. So we are going to the reservoir of intelligence and creativity that's available to us all the time, even while we are acting. And that is enlightenment. Enlightenment means to never lose the self even while we are engaged in activity. So when we are engaged in activity, usually our mind gets taken away by whatever we're doing and we lose ourselves. So that is a state of they call bondage. You are bound by the limited perceptions of the mind and you lose yourself and therefore you are not enlightened. <laughs> so when you are enlightened is when yourself is never lost under all situations and circumstances. You are not a football of situations and circumstances that kick you around. You are well anchored in the self. You have broad comprehension. And now your action is fully dynamic. It uses that reservoir of power and intelligence which is within you. So the two go together very well. And thank you for a wonderful question to start this session. Monica. Hi, Dr. Nader. My name is Monica Contractor. I am a first year medical student at Loyola Street School of Medicine. I've been meditating for five months now. My question to you is that there are many forms of meditation, such as mindfulness meditation and guided meditation. But how does transcendental meditation differ from all of these other forms of meditation? If we take the mind, and you might, of course, have heard this in your practice, but many are joining us maybe who are not meditators, we can think of the mind just to have an analogy like an ocean. And this ocean is huge. On the surface, it has waves on it. We liken the waves that we see, that we experience, to the thoughts that we have. 
So the thoughts can be topsy-turvy, chaotic, uh, and like that, and then as if the waves are chaotic and stormy and all of this. A thought, we can say that thought, what creates, you know, these surface values, we can say is like a bubble that comes from the bottom of the ocean and is very, very faint, very small, and it grows up to the surface. And then we are aware of the thought on the surface level. Now, what mindfulness helps, in, in which way it helps, is that it tells the individual, do not be taken by situations and circumstances on the outside because you're always projecting outside. And you start to be mindful to have your mind on simple things, such as your breathing, you know, you experience a thought, you experience something in life, you think of something. And that is called kind of open monitoring, which means you're monitoring situations and you are still on the surface, but you kind of go deeper a little level of trying to look at the basic things in life so that the mind is not taken by the storm and the brain and the physiology are not taken constantly by that storm of fear, of anxiety, of this and that. It's like you tell somebody, come on, relax, take it easy, you know, sit down, close the eyes, feel your body, feel your breath, feel your thing, you know, think of something on, on the surface, which means bring attention to your mind so that your mind is at ease and you will find that you can solve things, you can think about things. So, this is generally a category we can call like contemplation. You can take a proverb, you can take a, a something from your belief, from your religion, from your uh, poetry, from philosophy, and think about it. And you can say, this is kind of mindfulness. You're being mindful of things. You're being mindful of situations. Transcendental meditation is to transcend. So it's not a horizontal dimension in your ocean. It's a vertical dimension and what you do is you close the eyes and you allow the mind to dive now why would the mind dive it's because inside of us is that infinite reservoir of energy and intelligence which is our true self and which is the ability to recruit the entire nervous system the entire brain the entire cortex and allow it on a settled level to communicate with all of its different values and therefore reveal the true value of who we are rather than being narrow on individual aspects. And when you do that, the mind actually, through the technique that you have learned, there is a technique is needed. Otherwise, when the mind starts diving deep, you, you kind of get rest and you could fall asleep. So there is a technique which allows us to go beyond the surface value, beyond meaning, beyond intellect, beyond belief, beyond anything, back to the self. It's just cleaning the self from its stresses and strains in a natural way and expanding awareness. So it is not the content that is as important in transcendental meditation and the content, as you'd have learned, we don't pay attention to. It's not what we what we handle is meditation, is not analysis or psychoanalysis, is the actual going back to the self, which is transcending. So diving in that ocean towards the bottom of the ocean, which is absolutely quiet and settled 
and allows the mind to experience this depth of our self, which is also an expanded field of being and therefore expand our awareness. What happens with TM, the side benefits are actually all that we are talking about. These are the side benefits. The main benefit is you expand your awareness, you anchor yourself in yourself, but the side benefits are removal of stress, better sleep, greater coherence, better behavior, better health, more integration in the physiology, because then physiology is not strained and it's not on the level of manipulation or manipulating the content of the mind or focusing or forcing the mind. So it's not concentration, it's not belief, it's not analysis, it's not contemplation, it's not manipulating or guiding the mind, it is simply allowing the mind by its own nature to dive towards its own inner being and expand itself in a natural way. That's why we say it is natural and it is simple because practically you don't have to do anything. Actually, the more you try to do, <laughs> the more complicated the process gets. And as you've learned, we keep saying when the teacher says, take it as it comes, you know, etc., and all these values. So natural, simple, and powerfully effective without any forcing or any strain. Thank you for tuning into Dr. Tony Nader, the podcast. And if you're interested in learning more from Dr. Nader, please follow him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.